This episode is sponsored by Day by Daybook, a guided journal that helps you navigate the ups and downs of change while creating a life you love. For more information on the classic recovery or teen daybook, go to livedaybyday.com. Start before you're ready. Do it before you're ready. And so taking imperfect action, because perfection is really just fear. It's just kind of keeping you protected and safe and not putting yourself out there. So we got to put ourselves out there. Welcome to the Go Go Bistro podcast, where we dish up inspiration for women who are hungry for change and ready to make it happen. I'm your host, Noelle Van, an author, creator, and empowerment coach who spent years in corporate America helping innovators and leaders ride the waves of change with ease and grace. I now work with women to step into change and unleash the power they have to create a life they love. This is a space to let go of the fear and say yes to possibility. Whether you're contemplating a change in your career, relationship, health, lifestyle, or anything in between, nothing is off the table. I'll be serving up simple insights to help you manage the ups and downs of change and share my interviews with successful women who took a leap of faith to create the life they knew they were meant to live, sharing their wisdom, advice, and all the juicy lessons they've learned along the way. So join me at my favorite little two-top, pull up a chair, and let's get started. Sometimes taking a leap of faith can come from a life-altering experience that leads us to rethink our direction in life and reprioritize what we know we are meant to do. Five years ago, Kaylee Rose was doing voiceover work when she decided to take a trip to New Zealand. After an epic cliff dive in Queenstown, she came home with a new perspective on life. She had taken her first leap, and now she knew it was time to take her second, to pursue a career as a professional singer and songwriter. She signed up for songwriting school in LA and never looked back. As a result of that life-changing step, Kaylee has become a billboard charting artist and musical mindset advocate who's been featured on Top 40 Radio, TV, commercials, and film. Using her experience of being bullied in middle school to fuel her, Kaylee created her Music with a Message program to bring confidence tools into schools by using the power of music and regularly partners with women's and children's charities across the country to share her methodology. In today's episode, Kaylee shares with us how taking those leaps into the unknown empowered her to use her talents and share them for a bigger purpose. Kaylee, we are so excited to have you here with us. Welcome to Gogo Bistro. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. And you have such a powerful story. It's very exciting to get to chat with you. Doesn't feel good when you're in the muck, right? But then after it, you're like, <laughs> exactly. I have a powerful story. I'm so See, glad. you came out the other end and <laughs> yes. have a tale to tell. Absolutely. I mean, I always get very sad thinking that people might give up along the way, you know, because if you get through all that garbage, you get to the other side and you're stronger and you have all these great stories to talk about, you know, and we're going to go back in time a bit. And let's start before you went on your trip and kind of where was your mindset? Where were you in your career in your life and all of those things? Yeah, I so I'm so thankful for my voiceover career. I always wanted to work in music though, and I thought that I was happy because I was using my voice. And I saw the passion of a lot of other people around me for cartoons, you know, like they would watch every single cartoon, and I'm I don't do that in my spare time, but I love music, you know, and I could talk about it for endless hours, and so I think that's a really good indicator of what you're interested in. And I think being honest about that and admitting it what you're very interested in is the key to unlocking what you probably should be devoting most of your energy and time to. And that for me was always music. I was misled, you know, for a while. I felt like a singer who didn't know how to sing because I didn't know the avenue. It felt like 
even acting, you know, I thought had a path like, oh, you get an agent and then you get jobs. And with music, it was just kind of like, what do I do? How do I do this? And what genre should I be singing? So it was confusing in that way for me for a long time. And I spent a lot of time thinking that other people had more authority than I did and letting them take the wheel. And so I had almost got into songwriting and I paired up with people who were songwriters and I trusted them to lead the show and take the wheel, as I was saying. But it finally worked for me when I enrolled in songwriting school and realized, oh, no, I can write. And I've always been a writer. I didn't always been an avid journaler and an avid, you know, I was the person in first grade doing the spelling sentences. And that was my favorite thing to make creative sentences, realizing that I had that authority and could get training in that area. For some reason, I just thought like, I've been a singer since I was eight years old. I should pair up with someone who's been a writer, a songwriter since they were eight years old. And just kind of gave away my power a lot until I didn't anymore. And I, I had a conversation with Rob Seals at the songwriting school right before we went to New Zealand. And I had money noise come in because I was afraid to make that investment in myself. It wasn't a ton. You know, now I look back and I'm like, now I'm used to investing in myself and I'm proud of it. But at the time, it felt scary because I had a lot of money scarcity issues. But we had a conversation right before my husband and I went to New Zealand. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk when I get back from this trip because the class is beginning right when I come back from this trip. And little did I know it was all happening perfectly. And my husband was going back to work. And so he had been kind of like my coworker in the apartment because voiceover is wonderful, but it's gotten more and more isolated. You know, it used to be when I was working in voiceover in New York, we were going into a casting office to do an audition and then we were recording in person. Now, pretty much all of the auditions, I mean, I would say 99.9% of auditions are done from the home. And some of the jobs are also recorded from home. You know, I can't give a percentage, but so it's pretty isolating. And so I created my own community around voiceover and had friends that we would call each other and do auditions with, but I felt isolated and I wasn't doing music every day. And so I felt stuck and sad, but I was like, I'm making money and I'm in a great industry and I'm thankful to be here. So I should just be thankful and shut up, you know? And no, like if you're not fully happy, be fully happy. This life is too short and we only have one of them. Go for the thing you really want. Right. Long story long. My husband was going back to work. I was losing my quote unquote coworker. And I was like, I got to get into a class of some sort, man. And so that's why I had the conversation about the songwriting school. Then we went to New Zealand and I had a lot of revelations of the fact that we really only have one life. When your mortality is threatened, you realize you only have one life because on the flight on the way over, I mean, the flight attendants were like, this is turbulent. It was like one of those flights where you drop all of a sudden and then drop. I mean, holy mama, it was terrifying. And then when we got to New Zealand, Queenstown is this adrenaline pumping city. I mean, there was a moment where I was on top of a mountain looking out, seeing parasailers, parachutes in the air, seeing speedboats speeding by, and we were about to zipline. And it's just such an adrenaline-seeking town in the best of ways. And then the scariest thing was jumping off the cliff. And I did it all. I did the speedboat. I did the zip lining. We did these really fast little cars at the top of a mountain that I kept thinking, this could go off the track and I would go down a mountain, you know? So there's nothing like mortality to shock you into action. <laughs> but now this cliff dive, like what possessed you? What was, I mean, was it like, okay, we're going to do all of these different things and you guys just kind of decided that was going to be on the list? It's like the thing to do. Like, I don't know if they have this. They must have it somewhere else because I know South America is very uh, an adrenaline-seeking country in that way. I mean, continent, excuse me. Queenstown has got a life of its own, though. 
I just feel like those two continents are very adventure seeking in the best ways and they have all those experiences. Yeah. And you went to Queenstown too, right? I was there on a month long trip. So we were, I think we were in, I think we were there for a day. I don't even think we were there for that long, but you just felt it. And everywhere you looked, it was like, oh, okay. People are diving off of that. People are, it's just, yeah, the energy is pretty And the people there have that energy too. And yeah. And the zest for life and the adventurous spirit. And it's incredible. And as an anxiety prone person, you know, (laughs) you're not exactly an adventurous person. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you do it? I had also read this travel book and I can't think of the name of it and it's fantastic. And now I'm going to feel badly. The woman's philosophy is that you should do the thing you're supposed to do in the place you're supposed to do it. You know, if you're going to be in Italy, you're going to eat some pasta. But the thing to do in Queenstown was this thing called the Fox Canyon Swing Jump. A canyon swing. And it's a huge jump off a cliff. And there are many different ways they have people like ride a tricycle off of it or like pretend fight and then they get kicked off the cliff. And so there are a million different ways that you can jump off the cliff <laughs> and you're wearing a harness. But for me, I thought the most scary way was just me initiating the jump. And of course, you go to so many places of no, 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 I shouldn't do this. Why did I pay to do this? This is insane. All of these things. But you're with a group of people and you're all supporting each other. And I had to keep telling myself they would be out of business if people were dying. You know, like, right. really? <laughs> That's the facts. And then, yeah, but they, this company in particular, Fox Canyon, like, they, I don't know why, this is their shtick and this is their brand. They mess with you. You know, they like say things in order to like scare you a little bit. And these guys are just, they're so funny. And they're these adventure seeker guys that do this jump all the time. But I did it. You're standing on the edge of the cliff, though, and every single cell in your body is saying, you don't jump off cliffs. This is not a thing you do. We are trying to protect you. (laughs) Your self-preservation kicks in, and it's just like, no, don't do that, even though you know that you have the harness attached to you and all that. And then they pull you up after. I mean, it's just the greatest fear, greatest fear. And I had already been skydiving. This was the thing, too. I've already done that, but I was 18. And so it's just different. You just don't care as much. Your frontal cortex is not as developed at 18 as it is at whatever age I did that at 30. And so this was scarier to me than skydiving. And I initiated the jump. So I did it. And then they pull you back up and they say, would you like to do it again for half price? And I was like, F no. (laughs) And my husband (laughs) said, hell yes. So he did it twice. Did he go before you or did he go after you? I don't know why that's important to me. No, it is. It is a very, that's a very good and important question. I wanted to go first because I could not watch him do it if I hadn't done it myself and known that it was safe. Like it was actually scarier for me (laughs) to watch him without me doing it. Oh, I like that. That's a very sweet thing. I would be like, you go first and I'll see. (laughs) But oh, wow. Okay. So that is, I mean, seriously, that just, that makes my blood pressure rise when I even hear it just because it's, I mean, that's one of those things I just have never had the courage to do. But okay, so all right, so you get back yes. after this incredible after all of my revelations of mortality. Yeah. And then I call Rob Seals at the songwriting school and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I'm in it. Let's do it. I'm taking this class. And it's this immersive songwriting class. And it was incredible. And I met incredible songwriters. And then it felt like I had found my community and I had like come home which is so crazy. And now I go to all these conferences for songwriters and it's just like, this is, these are my people, which is awesome. And like, again, I was in musical theater. I thought I wanted to be on Broadway. I got to off Broadway and I never quite felt like that was my community. I just never felt 
at home with those personalities. And I felt like it was something wrong with me, you know, because I was like, I know I want to be on stage. I love being on stage. And I think it's Broadway. But at the time, pop music didn't seem like a possibility. I didn't, I don't know. It just, I think in schooling, a lot of what I learned was musical theater because high schools have musical theater programs. Right. And so I didn't see pop music as an avenue. And then I saw pop music as an avenue because I read The Secret, which, you know, people can feel whatever way about that book they want to. But it was helpful to realize, oh, wow, we do only have one life. And there are other people living the life that I want. And there really is nothing different. You know, we're all just molecules and cells and atoms. And you can ascribe meaning to your life and say, oh, well, no, that person's different from me because they're beautiful or they're from a rich family or they're from a famous family, you know, and it must be easier for them. But again, there is someone living the life that you want. Why not you? At least take the steps to get there and you'll be so much happier and you'll probably get there. Yes. So realizing pop music was a big thing for me. And then finding songwriting was the biggest thing. Okay. So you get to this place where you go and you meet your, you meet your people. Meet my people. How did you break in? What were some of the, like, what were some of the sort of the milestones that you hit that was like, okay, pivotal? Yeah. So finding that community and then networking to me is a dirty word, but It was that, you know, once you're talking to someone, it's like, oh, let's write a song together. Oh, we're going to bring so-and-so in. Oh, they know that person. Okay. And it's just connection, connection, connect. You know, that's all networking is. I used to hate that word and I still kind of hate that word because it connotes pressure to me and it connotes anxiety and, oh, I have to get something out of this interaction and it feels dirty and manipulative and I hate it. But networking really is just liking people and being good with people and being a nice person and things happening because of that, you know? Yeah. It's a great formula if you look at it like that, right? It's not like it's not all about being at a stuffy cocktail party where you have to make conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or have to like go up to that one particular person because you think you can get something out of them. I hate that. And so through being in the community, I would just start to co-write with people. A lot of it is if you look up the credits to some of the top, top pop songs, it's, you know, six people in the room, a producer and a songwriter and the artist. And there are a lot of names in the credits for how the song is written. So I started out co-writing with a couple of friends in the group. And then, you know, I would meet new people and co-write with them and meet new people and co-write them. But I didn't think I was an artist at that point. So, you know, on one hand, I felt like, oh, life has finally opened up and the path has become illuminated and clear to me. And all of these serendipities started happening. Like I got a scholarship to a songwriter's retreat and in Ojai, and that was incredible. And then I met new people there and made more friendships and wrote more songs with them. But I kept thinking it wasn't for me to be an artist because I thought I was too old at 30. I thought since I wasn't 14, it was too late. Yeah, which is sad and ridiculous. I realize now because we all have stories that we want to tell. And so certain songs would come up and I would think, oh, like, that's a really personal story. No one else is going to relate to that or want to sing it. That's really only for me. And then I just kind of built up this arsenal of songs for myself. I was like, well, I guess I got to release these. And then I was finally honest with myself about like, yeah, but I love performing. That's what artists do. I love being on stage and connecting with audiences and sharing and singing in that way. So that honesty with yourself, it's a hard game. It is, but such a rewarding one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I find that journaling really helps because you know, you can't escape yourself when you're journaling. Well, and I feel like that that probably really fuels your songwriting too, right? Just getting a lot of that up and out. Totally. Because there are different ways, you know, like there's journaling just to get out the emotions. And then there's something called sensory writing, which I really like doing because a good song isn't just, I am sad, I am sad, here are my emotions. 
it's, you know, using metaphors and using it's better to show, not tell as songwriters and as good writers as well. So show, not tell would be, you know, using your senses and your eyes and your ears and your sense of touch to describe the picture of being sad as opposed to just, I am sad. Oh, that is, that is really fascinating. So you, you meet the, the community. Did you release album? I mean, I want to say album. Is it album? So yeah, we're in the singles. We're in the singles <laughs> game singles. now. Yes. But I do think soon I want to release an EP just to have a collection. Um, and I'm kind of transitioning into a new sound. So yeah. But it took me maybe a year and a half to finally admit that I had songs that I wanted to release on my own, which to some might be a long time, to some maybe is not because that's the thing about art. I mean, I could be reworking a song truly for the rest of my life. There's no finite end point unless I say there is or unless, you know, I'm working for a company that gives me a deadline. So it could have taken me forever. But I I love this one quote that I learned from a mentor of mine, Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield. Oh, they say, uh, start before you're ready. Or actually, I got that from my friend Amy Aniobi years before that, and I was reinvigorated. But start before you're ready. Do it before you're ready. And so taking imperfect action, because perfection is really just fear. It's just kind of keeping you protected and safe and not putting yourself out there. So we got to put ourselves out there. Well, and it is, it is, it is so true, because I think if, if we all wanted to make everything perfect before we put it out there, nobody would get anything done right? That's what I keep telling myself. It's like, well, you know what? The action is what it's all about. And then you refine it as you go, right? But you're already on the journey. Totally. And you'll look back and think, oh, I wish I'd done this differently, you know? And I'm still in that stage of, oh, I would have done this differently. But the song is out there in the world. And so a lot of times you'll hear me like re-release something, you know, or I just rewrote new lyrics to my song Game Over because I'm bringing it into a lot of schools. And a lot of kids really relate to it. And I didn't have that goal in mind when we wrote that song. So you know, sometimes your life takes you on a path and then you got to re-release songs. Right. Well, now let's go to the schools because this is such a, I love this program that no, when did you, when did you create the program? Just a year ago, <laughs> but it's really taken off. And I, I think when you're on the right path, you know, things can happen for you a little bit. My favorite quote in the world is, whether you believe in God or the universe, the universe can help you more than you can help yourself or God can help you more than you can help yourself. And I'm such a pusher and a doer and a hard worker. And so sometimes I need to realize that I need to calm down and have faith. So about a year ago, I woke up and realized, you know, I was bullied in middle school and maybe there's something I can do with music in schools and I can help kids and I can tell my story. And I just, I want to not have them go through that on their own. So if there's a 10-year-old girl like me out there going through this, I want to help her. And so I took imperfect action. I kind of just went into schools telling my story and pretending that my music connected and just they let me in because it was free and they were kind. And, you know, they were like, cool, yeah, bring music into our school because they already have amazing music teachers, but a fresh voice can be helpful. And I started it and I just quickly picked up a name for it, Music with a Message, and I didn't really overthink it and I just went with it. So now it's Music with a Message. And now the program has changed considerably from me just telling stories. And now I have an acronym and principles that I talk about. And I've really honed in the message because I was so eager to help kids that I was just giving them every possible tip I could possibly give them from my life because I didn't want them to hurt ever. you know. But now I'm like, okay, these are my wow principles. And we talk about what they mean and positive self-talk and all of these different principles that I talk about in order to combat bullying and build confidence. And didn't you say that you expanded on the program too? You were kind of asked to be part of a broader program that they had? 
Yeah. So, and like the thing that I guess I do that's a little bit different that I've been learning is that I'm customizing my speech and my music and the program that I give depending on what the school needs. So if they're talking about leadership, you know, I'll throw in a little more leadership or this one school was really different because they said, well, we're studying songwriting. Can you incorporate songwriting into it? So I was like, kind of nervous about like, how would confidence and songwriting go together? But of course they do, because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> like, I write confident music, I sing confident music, and I love talking about confidence. So I talked about song structure and chord structure and showed them some of the chords. And we had kids come up and play ukuleles with the chords that I gave them and put in my PowerPoint. So yeah, it was, again, you're a little bit scared, but you do it anyway. <laughs> well, and I feel like the fear from that kind of thing probably dissipates pretty quickly when you see these little kids and how much you can affect them and make it fun. Yes. Right? I mean, so it's like you're actually teaching them such solid stuff that we all needed to hear at that age, right? I'm incorporating it with adults now more like I'm going into a women's shelter next month because these are things that I need to hear. These are things that adults need to hear and students need to hear. But yeah, that imperfect action. And it feels really good finally being able to say, I'm really good at this. You know, so when you're about to step onto stage, it's always scary. But I always try to think about, you know, how I feel after every single performance. I want to get back on stage. I want to have another experience where I get to do that again because I'm good at it and I love doing it. That is so inspiring. I I love this because it feels like it's a, a twofer. I mean, I think that's ultimately where we want to go in all of our careers is like, how does it make, you know, me grow as a person and how does it help other people and serve other people? And you're doing both of those. And I didn't realize, you know, I kind of feel like I was selfish to begin with because I didn't realize how much I wanted to help students. And now it's just like, oh my gosh, of course. Are you nationwide? Yeah. So I'm uh, going, I'm in Kansas City right now. I go to Los Angeles next week, which feels very soon. And then in three weeks, I go to New York, and then I'm scheduling performances for the next school year and figuring out where I want to go. Kaylee, that is so cool. I love it. And are you also on the recording side of things? Where What's next for you there? Well, in two days, yeah, it's Wednesday on Friday, I release uh, Feels Like a Weekend. And then so I'm releasing songs every six weeks. So then six weeks from two days from now. Um, in the middle of June, I'm releasing Here We Go. So it's two really exciting, high energy summer songs, which I love listening to and just dancing to. And this is my vibe. And then I'm like thinking about an EP that's just a little more uh, singer songwriter and kind of switching my sound to a little more of that vein. Okay. So here's my question for you. At this point in your life, where you are now, do you have any moments that you have with yourself and kind of reflect? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly where I want to (laughs) go. You know? Yeah. I'm very, I have to pause and force myself to pause, but I'm, you know, one of those people that has a hard time resting. And so I'm just very, okay, what's next? But I think it's really important once we hit our goals to celebrate them. So I'm trying to get better, even if it's just, you know, it doesn't have to be throwing a party. It can just be a little five minute dance party pausing because it's better for us. You know, we're like dogs. We want that reward. (laughs) We're human beings and we deserve good things, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I'm very focused on, you know, I want to win a Grammy someday. I want to hit every single school in the United States. And then when the kids grow up, I want to be able to go into those schools again. Those are the kinds of programs in schools that kids will never forget. I hope. And I, yeah, I can think of like two assemblies from when I was in high school. And so I'm very cognizant of, hey, if you all remember one sentence, this is what I want you to remember. And I like send them home with uh, worksheets to write down their wins. 
because I talk about how building confidence and building bravery, it's helpful to have done small, brave acts in the past and look back on those. Every week, we're doing things that are brave. And it can be so small because I used to think of standing up for yourself. I talk about it after my song, Stand Up. When is a good time to stand up for yourself? And then we talk about bravery. And I used to think of standing standing up for yourself as, oh, you have to, I don't know, tell off your boss or like make this big life change. And it's just not the case. You know, it can be when you're a student in elementary school, tying your shoes by yourself for the first time, or at least trying. I tried to tie my own shoes today. And then I asked for help. Also, asking for help can be super brave, especially for a lot of adults. <laughs> a lot of us, you know, we're so prideful or for whatever reason, we have a hard time asking for help. So maybe it's, you know what? I admitted that I needed to bring in a graphic designer and I didn't want to do this myself today. You can tell what my wins of the day are. <laughs> but then when we have these lists to look back on and these accomplishments, it's amazing. Plus, once we do that little thing, that little thing becomes so small instead of when it's right in front of us feeling really big. When it's behind us, we're like, oh, that wasn't that hard, you know, and that helps us be more brave in different ways in the future. Now, do you see any kids that you work with that are musically inclined? Like, do you have, I mean, that would be a really eye opening kind of experience to see kids that take to what you're doing and then you're like, wow, this kid's really good. Eventually, my goal with the program also is to, so right now I'm kind of starting an online community where I can have a weekly meetup for students. Because a lot of people have been asking me, how can people get in touch with you and how can we continue this work, which is awesome. So I have big goals, (laughs) big dreams, but that's the next step. Kaylee, that is all very, very amazing. I kind of want to follow you around because I think it's just being in schools with kids just to me feels like such a, there's so much light to that. I mean, there just is, and you're bringing so much to them. Yeah, I learned from that. You know, their answers sometimes when I ask, okay, when's a good time to stand up for yourself? It shocked me because I'm like, I never thought of that. Like one who happened to be my niece raised her hand and I said, when's a good time to stand up for yourself or others? And she said, all the time and put her hand down. Good for her. I learned something about my niece who I see every couple of weeks and she taught me. Yeah. Well, we do learn a lot from kids. That's for sure. Oh, Kaylee, I am so, first of all, I'm just thrilled that you agreed to chat with us about this because I know you're super busy and you are, you're jet setting. So you're all over the place, but I thank you so much. This has been such an inspiring story. I really, really want to hear how it goes. So we're going to have to have you back maybe to uh, tell us how, how things are going, especially with the kids. Although I do also want to hear about the new releases, because that's going to be kind of, I mean, just as your music evolves. Now we're going to put all of your links on the show notes. So everybody that wants to get in touch or see what you're up to can certainly go there. But I just want to thank you. You've really shined a light on what it looks like to not only follow your dreams, but to spread your passion. Thank you. And if anyone's listening, it's C-A-L-E-Y, Rose as in the flower, Kaylee with a C-A-L-E-Y. Perfect. Do a little chant and music with a message. That's me. Thank Thank you, you. Kaylee. Okay, that's it for now. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Journeys Through Change podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us and leave a review if you've enjoyed this episode. And share it with a friend or on social media to spread the good word. So more women like you can find us and join in on the fun. For more information on the podcast or day-by-day book, go to livedaybyday.com.